0: This is Newsfeed on Purple Radio.
1: Good evening, and welcome to Newsfeed, the one and only current affairs show at Durham University, presented by me, Natasha Livingstone, and the Purple Radio news team. Tonight, we're bringing you the latest analysis on the upcoming university strikes, the second of this academic year, alongside a whole host of headlines from around the world. So stay tuned for the next hour or so for your weekly dose of student news. First up, we've got breaking news with Max Kendix.
2: Breaking news. In breaking news, the third person in the UK to be diagnosed with coronavirus did not catch it in mainland China. England's chief medical officer has said. The patient who caught the infection elsewhere in Asia was diagnosed in Brighton, it is understood. Professor Chris Whitty also said doctors will now test for suspected coronavirus in patients who have recently travelled from a range of Asian countries, which will be specified later. The news comes after one student of John Snow College of Durham University, suspected of coronavirus and taken to hospital by two ambulances this week, was released and is in self-isolation. University College in Durham confirmed in an email, meanwhile, that rumors of someone in self-isolation in that college due to the virus are not true. In related news, calls to shut Hong Kong's border with mainland China have intensified as everyone entering Hong Kong from mainland China will be quarantined for 14 days. In Germany, the parliament in Thuringia, in eastern Germany, elected Thomas Thomas Kemmerich from the Free Democrats as state premier. Mr. Kemmerich's shocking victory was made possible only with votes from the far-right Alternative for Germany party. But no state government has previously been elected with AFD support. In America, the Senate acquitted President Donald Trump in his impeachment trial as Republicans rallied around the president ahead of November's election. 67 votes were needed to convict the president, but only 49 did as President Trump's approval rating reached 50% in a recent poll, the highest since his inauguration. Just one Republican, Mitt Romney, voted to convict Mr Trump for abuse of power for having leaned on Ukraine to investigate a son of Joe Biden, his political rival. Scotland's finance secretary has quit hours before delivering his budget, amid reports that he messaged a 16-year-old boy on social media. The Scottish Sun said that Derek McKay contacted a schoolboy over a six-month period. Mr. McKay said he had behaved foolishly and took full responsibility for his actions. He also apologised unreservedly to the boy and his family. First Minister Nicola Sturgeon said she did not know about Mr McKay's behaviour until Wednesday evening and is not aware of any further allegations against him. In a statement to the Scottish Parliament, she confirmed that he has been suspended by the SNP while further investigations are carried out.
1: Thanks for that, Max. Next up, we've got the international headlines with Jessica Halliwell.
2: International.
1: US President
3: Donald Trump was acquitted of all in between charges by the Senate last night. He was cleared of abuse of power by a 52 to 48 majority of senators and obstruction of Congress by 53 to 47. Just one Republican, former presidential candidate Mitt Romney, backed the Democrats in the first vote. Mr. Trump had been impeached by the House of Representatives for allegedly pressurizing the Ukraine to investigate his political rivals. Democratic presidential hopeful Joe Biden. The result comes as no surprise. Prosecutors will needed to gain a two thirds majority of the chamber to Mr. Trump from office. And the Republican Party, who hold the majority of seats in the Senate, have said throughout the process that they will stand by the president. The votes brought an end to the third presidential impeachment trial in American history and were a resounding victory for Mr. Trump. He is sure to use the outcome as a rallying cry for this year's election campaign and will undoubtedly be encouraged by a poll that his job free at 49%. This is the highest Gallup rating he has received since he took office, and is higher than those that Bill Clinton and Barack Obama received at this stage in their re-election years. The President took to Twitter to respond late last night, posting a short video of him being re-elected every four years for the rest of the century. The first slide in the video means Trump forever in text language. On the subject of the upcoming US election, the US Democratic Party is still releasing the results of the Iowa caucus, the first leg of the party's presidential candidate selection process. Despite the fact that the vote took place on Monday, results from 3% of the precincts still need to be released. The latest results show that Pete Buttigieg is leading the state delegate vote, with Bernie Sanders not far behind. The vote has been chaotic due to technical problems and delays in reporting results. Mr. Trump has described the situation as an unmitigated disaster, though the party has stressed that the technical problems have had no impact on data accuracy. Vice President Joe Biden, who is currently in fourth place, called the results a gut punch while campaigning in New Hampshire on Wednesday. Biden was, of course, one of the favourites during the selection process. The question is does the Iowa caucus really matter? Well, some say it does because it can help shape perceptions among voters. A win can help give the candidates momentum early in the race and erase any doubts about their viability. However, Iowans do not have to keep a particularly good record at picking the eventual Republican candidate nominee. None of the winners of Iowa have become the Republican nominee since 2000. In other news, the World Health Organization is asking for $675 million to help direct developing countries prepare for the possible arrival of the new coronavirus. The WHO Director-General Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus said it was best to invest now than pay much more later. A record number of people in China died of coronavirus on Wednesday, two weeks after authorities took a drastic measure to seal off the city of Wuhan, where the outbreak started over a month ago. The death toll rose by 71 overnight to 1964, with more than 28,000 confirmed cases across the country. The outbreak has overtaken the SARS epidemic to become the country's largest. Health crisis in decades. The WHO has declared a global health emergency over the outbreak, that it does not yet constitute a pandemic. Passengers on board two cruise ships docked in Asian waters, one in Japan and the other in Hong Kong, have been placed in quarantine after a number of people on each ship tested positive for the virus. More than 74 million people are now subject to some form of travel restriction, with many unable to leave their homes. China is introducing lots of restrictive measures in an attempt to control the outbreak. In some areas, group dining is banned, and there are limits on how often people can go outside, and lifts have been turned off in some buildings. Chinese authorities in Wuhan are transforming sports units into nature hospitals. Of 1,000 bed hospitals, actually built in 10 days to treat patients with the virus. And finally, a shocking political sample is unfolding in a South African country of the city. First Lady Maysay Davani has been charged in the murder of Prime Minister's Prime Minister's previous wife, Vikelo Zvani, who was shot dead outside her home in the capital, Missouri, just two days before Prime Minister Thomas Tavani's inauguration in June 2017. Masaya Dabani appeared in court on Wednesday and was remanded in custody over the murder charge. She was also charged with the attempted murder of a woman who was with the former first lady the night she was killed. With political pressure mounting, the 8 year old Prime Minister announced last month that he would respect the wishes of the ruling Party and would resign from office. The date for his resignation has not yet been announced. And that's all from me in the international
1: news. Thanks for that, Francesca. Shocking news there from the SOTU, this small landlocked uh, African country near South Africa. If you guys don't know, I only know it because I was studying it in my very niche Developing Africa module. <laughs> so thanks for that, Francesca. Next up, we've got uh, Durham News with me.
2: What's on in Durham?
1: The University and College Union has today announced that 74 universities, including Durham, will again experience strike action at the end of the month. The strikes will begin on February the 20th and will escalate each week, culminating in a week-long walkout from Monday the 9th of March. Durham University has already faced strike action this academic year, with UCU members taking part in industrial action from November the 25th until December the 4th, 2019. Disputes centre around two issues, the first being the sustainability of the university's superannuation scheme and its rising cost of members. Changes to the scheme since 2011 have sparked action after analysis showed a typical union member will pay £40,000 more into their pension scheme, but receive almost £200,000 less in retirement. The UCU is also striking over universities' failure to make significant improvements on pay, equality, and casualisation and workloads. Next, St Chad's College has recently introduced Meat Free Mondays to their catered students. Meat will no longer be an option to catered students on Mondays. The Meat Free Mondays initiative has triggered much discussion within the Durham community. The debate centred around whether this initiative is forward-thinking and progressive or just restrictive to the rights of students to choose what they want to eat. Students both within and outside of Chad's have taken to Durfest to vent their frustration and take part in the conversation. Finally, a planned motion of censure against Durham Students' Union President Kate McIntosh has been withdrawn only days after a drafted version was published on social media. The motion, part of which has been leaked anonymously on the Durfers Facebook page, detailed at least 19 clauses rebuking the President's conduct. These claims were unsubstantiated by further evidence in the motion itself or its appendices. Following its withdrawal, the motion will not be tabled at an SU Assembly meeting in its current form. Multiple sources close to Palatina indicated that the motion had been drafted by a member of the Assembly, who are themselves looking to run as SU President for the next academic year. That's all the Durham news. Next up, we've got What's On in Durham with Matt Peters.
2: What's On in Durham?
4: Good evening. Pothole repairs, new leisure facilities and more neighbourhood wardens are part of plans by Durham County Council to invest £145 million into the region. Over the next two years, the council is planning to spend an additional £31 million of revenue spending, with more money available for roads, fighting climate change, sprucing up communities and employing more neighbourhood orders. There will also be investment in leisure facilities, school and spending on highways and major transport schemes, totalling £104 million. And an extra £10 million will be spent on towns and villages across the region. The Chronicle Live has broken down some of the key areas the council is planning to invest in to help demonstrate the plans being made for county Durham. Here are a couple of highlights. Four new multidisciplinary neighbourhood teams will be set up to focus on sprucing up communities, and 11 neighbourhood wardens will be recruited to tackle antisocial behaviour, totalling £5 million. The scheme aims to build on the success of initiatives such as In Bloom and Operation Spruce Up, which won the Keep Britain Tidy Award, as well as focusing on community safety. The council will also invest three million pounds in its efforts to tackle climate change, which it says will be used to secure the support of private and public sector organisations, and is in addition to the investment set out in the council's climate change plan. The investment will include planting, 10,000 trees to offset carbon emissions. And now for a heartwarming update, which follows on from the story of the finding of a kitten who had been dumped and left in a bin in County Durham. At the end of last year, a 10-week-old kitten was miraculously rescued after being dumped in an industrial bin. The cold and frightened kitten was found in a bin in an alley on Providence Road on December the 20th when her cries were heard by a passerby, Shane Lynn Shane Lynn took the kitten to the RSPCA Cat Rehoming Home in Darlington, where she was cared for by one of its volunteer cat fosterers and renamed Luna. Since then, the lucky kitten has made huge progress and is showing her playful side after finding a new home. Pauline Irwin, who lives in Is Stanley with her husband Phil and daughters Jessica and Grace, got in touch with the RSPCA after hearing about the kitten's story. She said, we saw her picture in the paper and fell in love. We just had to offer her a home here forever after all she'd been through. Luna became the 500th cat to be adopted by the cat hub since it opened in the Northeast in April, 2018. RSPCA cat hub rehoming coordinator, Sophie Morin Barker said, Pauline and her family were the first to see Luna after Christmas and reserved her straight away. A spring celebration, Indian style, will be bringing colour to Durham, the return of the popular powder throwing ceremony. The event at the Oriental Museum on March 14th will be a central part in the Holly Festival, taking place in the city. And it will offer plenty of opportunities for crowds to join the throwing of purple powders, which is a traditional and messy part of festivities. Its history is said to have related to the god. Krishna, who, as a youngster, despaired over having blue skin until his mother encouraged him to playfully grow multi-colour powders over others so that everyone would the same. The version of Durham University's Oriental Museum will make use of harmless, environmentally friendly powder which is kind to skin. And finally, a planned city centre bar has had its application to stay open as late as 2.30am over the weekend, Brains behind the proposed 1920 bar grill in Elkwood Bridge, Durham City, had asked to be allowed to sell alcohol up to 2am seven days a week with an extra half hour for drinking uptime. time. But they were unable to convince licensing chiefs who still agreed to grant the cruise license limited serving time to 1am on Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays, and midnight for the rest of the week. The decision we've made is Cannot see any reason or exceptional circumstances why you need the licence extended, said Councillor Joyce Maitland. Councillor Maitland was speaking at last week's meeting of Durham County Council Statutory Licensing Subcommittee, which she also chaired.
1: Thanks for that, Matt. Next up we've got Story of the Week with Billy Payne and yours truly.
0: Hello again. Uh this week we're going to be talking about strikes. How the University and College Union has today announced that 74 universities, including Durham, will again experience strike action at the end of the month. The strikes begin on February 20th and will escalate each, each week, culminating in a week long walkout from Monday, March 9th. Durham University has already faced academic action this year, with UCU members taking part in the industrial action from November 23rd to December 4th. Uh, disputes around the two issues. First, the first being the sustainability of the university's superannuation scheme or USS and its rising cost for members. Changes to the scheme since 2011 have sparked action after analysis shows that a typical union member will pay around 40000 more into their pension but receive almost 200000 less at the time. The UCU is also striking under, over the university's failure to be significant improvements on pay, quality, causalisation, and workloads. The union also warned it would ballot to members after this wave of strikes disputes could not be resolved to so ensure branches could take action at the end of the academic year. Strike mandates are only legally valid for six months, so branches going to walk out in November will need to secure a fresh mandate to continue to take action after report. The full strike dates are Week 1, uh, Thursday 20th and 21st of February, so Thursday Friday that is. Week 2 is Monday, Tuesday and Thursday of uh, the 24th, and 25th and 26th. Week three is the second, the third, the fourth, and the fifth of March. And week four is the ninth, the tenth, the eleventh, the twelfth, and thirteenth of March. UCU General Secretary Joe Brady said we have seen more members back strikes since the winter walkouts and this next wave of action will affect even more universities and students. If universities want to avoid further disruption, they can deal with the rising pension costs and address the problem of decay and conditions. Okay, some questions.
1: Go for Why it. is this
0: happening again?
1: guess because the university just hasn't acted. I know they're having discussions, aren't they? And I think the discussions are still ongoing, but clearly um, the unions are not happy with the university's actions.
0: Did any, has anything happened since the last one? Did they do anything? Was there any action from the last one? The
1: I think they've just had more meetings. I think that's the thing. They've, they've just got the university to the table. There were promising discussions, but... Um, yeah, no, I think no tangible improvements have been secured.
0: What can we do now? What's the difference? What, does this, what, what will make this be the last well, not the last one, probably won't be, but what will make this on the progress to being the last one?
1: I, I guess, I mean, what they say that students should do is, you know, every single student should write to the chancellor, um, about how upset they are about this and how they want the university to act. Um, I guess if he got, you know, millions of emails (laughs) maybe then he would listen. I don't know.
0: Do you think it's effective?
1: Strike action.
0: Strike action and these kind of strike actions like, this is different from the last one, The last one was just two straight weeks, this one is really more of a
1: sustained effort. Well, what my, um, one of my lecturers was saying is that this one is hopefully more of a threat so that it won't have to happen. Mm and that just because it's threatening to be so long and like all-encompassing, just the fact that they're organising to do it will bring the university to agree. That's, I think, why it's more radical this time.
0: Is this confirmed? So this is happening,
1: right? This isn't... This is is happening unless the university are so pressured by the threat of the strikes that they come to an agreement before the date's mentioned
0: in two weeks. In two <laughs>
1: weeks, which seems very unlikely considering ah. all the time that's passed.
0: They might stop it early-ish, I think.
1: Now. Yeah, they, maybe they could come to an agreement within the sort of, yeah, first or second four week.
4: Weeks. Four weeks. It's quite long.
1: Considering that our terms are what, nine weeks? That's four. Like half. Yeah, it's almost half of the term. And for someone like me, who my dissertation is in on the 19th of March, this is really not good timing. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, you know, it's really, I think it's students is really difficult because obviously you appreciate that it's the university that is, you know, the cause, but then it's undeniable that it's the students that face the brunt of it.
0: Yeah, and I was asking my next question is, do you think there should be any
1: form of compensation for whatever for students? Yeah, I, de- I definitely think there should be. And I agree with the argument that um, if there was a sort of legal framework agreed where the university had to provide financial compensation to students, that would actually make strike action even more effective because yeah, then cool. they would also be losing money as well as just, you know, annoying their students. So yeah, it's a it would make strike action more effective and we would obviously get financial compensation. Though I would say that obviously financial compensation would be great, but my dissertation will still suffer
0: financially and then,
1: compensated yeah. or not.
0: Then it's like, you can't really, you know, money isn't equivalent to like advice essentially because you can you can you get the money back and that
1: might be a good thing. But equally there to be And how are we gonna calculate? Are we gonna calculate my loss of earnings that if I do terrible with yeah, my exactly. you know, that I can put that down to strikes and then, you know, maybe not getting onto a grad scheme or something because of the impact of strike action, you know, how how do you measure financial compensation? I guess that's why it's not been implemented so far. Uh, is
0: there any is there any is there anything positive that's coming out of this record? I mean it's good that they're taking out, and I completely agree with the reasons that. I, I couldn't agree more. Like, it's good reasons to strike. It's completely valid reasons to strike. But, and I don't think the and the issue, the thing I get annoyed with is that when you take when people get annoyed with the lecturers, I'm like, it's not their, they're the, they're very much the victims as much as yeah. we are. It's just in a different way. We're losing time, but they're losing a lot more. In the, the security moment, so. of the security industry. Their job, and yeah. It's like they don't have good job security, so yeah.
1: Um is there anywhere we could go from there? I mean as I said, I, I think hopefully the strikes just won't go ahead um or um yeah, if they, if they do then this will be the last one. I think that's but you know this is uh, personally you know I'm in my fourth year we had really bad strikes in my second year. this is like the third time round for me. The worst you've ever seen yeah this is definitely the worst like really? most intense like four weeks even though i know they're not four whole weeks but four weeks is a lot it's a lot of a lot of content hours that you're missing and like especially coinciding with the dissertation deadlines um like i think it's tricky today, we got told today that we're missing four of our lectures for one of the units
0: and each of those lectures is about um is about our final project which is 50 percent of the grade so like that's how we can't do it yeah it's, almost like it's very difficult how But pretty much he's just saying
1: it once, so yeah. Yeah, and then they're saying like, you know, maybe if if something's not taught it won't be on the exam. But then what if what if one of your strengths is one of the topics that's not being taught, you know, it's still it's still not as you say, like the mitigating factors or compensation, it's still not a sort of equal replacement. Yeah, so not the most fun story of the week and could potentially be story of the week for the next four to five weeks. <laughs> it's the general election all over again. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, thanks for that, Billy. That was story of the week. Next up, we've got business with Helen Poon. Thanks, Tasha. Hi, I'm Helen and Lisa today's biggest
5: business, China halves tariffs on more than 1,700 US goods. The Chancellor's economic growth goal is unrealistic. The and new CEO of BP, Byron Looney joins the new cast of chief executives on Instagram. Our first story tonight is that China halves tariffs on more than 1,700 US goods. China plans to halve um, tariffs on the imports from the US. Um, as the country faces the new, fresh challenge of the coronavirus. Chinese officials have said that tariffs on some goods will be cut from 10% um, 10 to 5% and others from 5% to 2.5%. The two countries have been stuck in a long-running trade war with both imposing tariffs on imported products. A partial resolution was agreed last month for China promising to boost imported US goods by $200 billion. The latest announcement to reduce the tariffs on China's business first response is Phase 1 agreement. China's economy has been under additional pressure this year from the coronavirus outbreak that threatens to derail the economy. Factories across the country remain closed and its manufacturing sector faces a severe introduction. The US will also roll back some tariffs on Chinese goods as part of the agreement. Next up, Chancellor Saji Javid's goal of doubling the pace of economic growth um, has a one in five chance of success towards an economic impact. He's aiming for a growth of 2.8% this year and will use next month's budget to set up a plan to achieve this. But the National Institute for Economic and Social Research said that hitting this growth rate not seen since 2006 would be difficult with the intense forecast growth of about 1.5% this year and the same in 2021. Arno with the principal economist, said that the Chancellor's aims of raising growth towards a post-war average of nearly 3% are quite unrealistic. To get their growth in output per hour would need to average about 2.5% this year. Um, official data from, published by the UK Parliament uh, since the UK economy is expected um, to show a sluggish pattern for uh, the sluggish pattern this year. And here's a story you should know more about: new CEO of BP, Bernard joins the new of Chief G- executives making waves on Instagram. He joins a number of bosses such as TJ Fiam um, of Credit Suisse and Ana Botin of Santander, and many others looking to share their thoughts through Instagram posts. Once the preserve of young people posting pictures of their lunch, Instagram has become one of the corporate world's marketing machines. Um, Sarah Tusker, an influencer and Instagram consultant, gives companies 10 out of 10 for effort but is less than impressed by the execution. She tells the BBC um, there was a slight sense of dad dancing at mm-hmm. a wedding when you could see these two posting posting on social media. Um, but much of content follows a similar corporate formula. It is now featured in exotic locations, which are plenty of corporate social responsibility. Uh, climate change, microfinance, healthy living and sustainability are all present. Um, that's all for
1: back to the Thanks for that, Helen. Next up, we've got entertainment with Billy Payne.
0: Entertainment. Hello again. Um, Sad news to begin with, of course, it's me. Kurt um, Douglas. Uh, father of Michael Douglas and famous actor in his own right, has been remembered as an unforgettable actor in the film life, of the death at the age of 103. His daughter in law, Catherine Zeta Jones, led the tribute, writing, To my darling cub, I shall love you for the rest of my life. I miss you already. Tributes also came from director Steven Spielberg, Star Wars actor Mark Hamill and Breaking Bad star Brian Branston. Douglas, who played the title role in the 1960 classic Spartacus, enjoyed a career that spanned seven decades. Spielberg told Douglas, as Spielberg said, Douglas left behind a breathtaking body of work. He told The Hollywood Reporter, Kirk retained his movie star charisma right to the end of his wonderful life, and I am honored to be a small part of his last 45 years. Jamie Lee Curtis, whose father Tony was also inspired, he declared, he loved you as the world loved you. Your passion, talent, politics, family, art, strength and Some slightly lighter news, the BAFTAs happened. Uh, interesting result, 1970 killed it. Uh, best Film went to 1917, Best Actress was Renee Zellweger for Judy uh, Best Actor was Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, who gave a very interesting speech about racism and how systemic racism is a big part of Hollywood and how he is part of the problem uh, Best Casting goes to Joker, again Best Director, nineteen seventeen. Sam Mendes And a big one for me, because he was in a show featured around where I live, on the streets where I live uh, Michael Ward, who won EEG's Rising Star Award, particularly his role in the top world Boy, which was
1: I love Top Boy. So good. <laughs> Makes me cry sometimes but big fan. Kid two kids in the A Bologna are it? Really?
0: Yeah, his little brothers. They they really? went to school for this you know the main character's little ones in the new season. Yes.
1: They went to school wow
0: for school. yeah
1: well connected.
0: Know, right? uh, a new bit of news which has come out just today is that Sam Raimi, who helped launch the modern superhero movie of 2002 Spider-Man, is in talks to direct the next Doctor Strange movie. He had previously had problems with Marvel and they had not shaken hands nicely, but apparently he is due to come back onto the product after original director Scott, Scott Derrickson left due to creative differences. Derrickson will remain as an executive producer. Whereas Raimi will need to get to speed before the film schedule production starts in May. And the final bit of entertainment news was the Super Bowl happened in every single trailer.
1: I was yeah. asleep, I'm afraid. <laughs> oh,
0: it seems too long. So that'll be hours for wake up. Yeah,
1: Disney exactly. Plus
0: launched the new trailer for all their upcoming shows. Jamie Bond was a big one. They a new trailer for what's called No Time to Die. Oh yeah. Um, there were loads of law trailers. Mulan, Black Widow, so many. So that's
1: the big entertainment news, mainly with the
0: fact the Oscars at this Sunday? Honestly, yeah.
1: they've announced a little bit, they've got like 30 posts now. Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like I'm living in the new James Bond film at the moment. I've got my dissertation going, it's all very stressful times, and I fell down the stairs this morning, oh. I cut my hands, Ooh. and I was like, you know what, I don't have time to die. I, no I literally to die. need, I need to rewrite my time dissertation. <laughs> <time to die.
0: laughs>
1: I've got a bit of entertainment news for you. Um, have you seen Taylor Swift's um, new documentary on Netflix? I have not seen it. So I... No, it's good. Yeah, well, I wasn't going to watch it. Um, I just thought, you know, I'm not a massive Taylor Swift fan. Um, but, you know, I was sitting in my seminar uh, and everyone was like, basically, it's just a sort of... It's sort of about Taylor Swift's feminist journey, oh. being a woman in the um, music <laughs> industry. And so it was, yeah, I would say very insightful because she was told basically until about three years ago that she was never going to get involved in politics. Her message was basically strongly controlled by male mm-hmm. managers. Um, and now she's sort of turned her back on all of that. And it's she's really interesting. In yeah. yeah. It
0: was also, I read, I saw about it, it wasn't that whole thing that she was told very early to too skinny to be a musician, she's too skinny to be in the public or be like a pop
1: star. Yep. That yep. She big, talked loads big, of big things big, about big, body issues. Was about it. It was yeah. Too yeah. Yeah. And then it was basically her bosses when she said she was going to come out um, in support of the Democratic nominee in Tennessee, where she's from. Um, that her That's bosses were, yeah. She was like, "Pee Caligirl." Yeah, Pete no, no, no. has country, I guess. But um, anyway, and then her bosses were basically like, "Do you know what? You've just come to me with an idea to halve the audience at your next tour." That's what they said to her. Yeah. And I then think
0: that, that happens a lot, Like that's why, that's why a lot of people very quite lots of like lots of that aren't because people can kind of guess, yeah. That you probably like most of Hollywood means left, I'd say, or most of like the Hollywood means lead left, but then I just feel like people say political views just to get on the trend, yeah. Like, I don't believe that all these people in Hollywood who are, who are very left, active left, are active left. Mm. I think they just know because that's where see Hollywood mm, you have to go interesting. that's
1: my big see I think well with Taylor Swift in particular it's interesting because I guess country music is more sort of obviously s- sat in the south yeah. and then that tends to be more republican. more republican so I think that's particularly why with country music they were like even though she's more pop now so I guess that's why it was more you appropriate pop, she's basically pop know? now yeah told anything about Taylor Swift uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah she basically started in country um, and then now I think there's still a bit of country, but basically it's she's pop. I she's like pop. pop, yeah. Exactly. So I think that's why she got away with it, basically. But um yes, yeah, so that's my internet entertainment music. Go for it. Go for got trending. trending news. Uh, big one today. And this is lovely.
0: I'm going to start off a nice one. Hashtag time to talk day. Mental health oh. day. Lovely stuff. Getting a good message out there. Everyone's feeling like. All the training news is like nothing compared to how much that's training. Lovely thing to Good. see. Good. Good if people thought maybe it shouldn't be a day, just always do it. Yeah. Good thing to do, get out there, have a conversation. Nothing wrong with it. That's just a nice little wholesome thing. It's go. unusual for me. It's usually very depressing. Here we are on uh, a talk show, everyone. It's I time know. to talk.
1: <laughs> we talk enough. That's right.
0: Uh, <laughs> number two is hashtag five things I love about the BBC. Not gone down well.
1: Oh. It's, it's
0: mixed. Like, why Is this just,
1: because of the um post someone did about um Netflix and the comparing the yeah, prices? I, saw, I don't I'm
0: assuming it might have started from that. Mm. I didn't think about that, but I did see that post and that's been blowing up. it's like it's like both of them, like Amazon Prime and Netflix had kind a of bit more.
1: Yeah, so easy. in case anyone who's listening hasn't heard it was basically the two prices of um, Amazon Prime and Netflix and they were both smaller um prices than the um what's it, it combined? Yeah. yeah less than the bbc, than the BBC. Yeah. but then obviously the pushback from that is that the bbc offers so many services which is why the license fee is what it is but yeah anyway essentially that's linked to this
0: yeah the, like here's the three tweets i took nothing 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 first one i saw oh dear. number two was nothing 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 attenborough fair fair Not we it. love attenborough you know what he's worth the license fee and then it was doctor who nothing 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 no ads that's wow. Also very fair. Yeah. But yeah, those
1: are, I can see. But what about news? I mean, that's news. not nothing. Objective news is not nothing. But then they've, you know, they've been in so much controversy recently, haven't they? About the
0: impartial. That was the election. I feel that's kind of calm now now.
1: Yeah, but then who was it? There was a basketball player last week. They got him. He died, and he got confused. They oh, did yeah. another image, and, 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 did and they did it yesterday. again. Yeah, they've, they've... they've got two black MDs and stuff. Yeah.
0: That's Yesterday with a woman in parliament who had her shoulder out. Have you seen that? No. That was an MP talking and she was wearing a like a shirt, but like her shoulder was out, right? And it caused like a war online. I was like, worst things
4: happening. Saying
0: in it's that inappropriate. House. Saying it was inappropriate
1: for an MP. I'm like, oh, oh lord. There's
0: worse things happening in that house.
1: Yeah, there really are. <laughs> I mean, what's it called? Filibustering? Filibuster.
0: That, that is
1: that, that is horrible. the worst thing. Yeah. <laughs> <That's remarkable. laughs> Yes, yeah. But it's
0: white America logo is like 12 hours straight.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure it's 12 hours, but they've definitely done it to avoid certain political topics. So no nudity involved, but I think fellow rustering is worse than having your shoulder out. I, I'm just... Purple leader. radio, yeah, deems yeah, <laughs> That is our line. Uh, <laughs> I've got the
0: American news. Americans go crazy because that Pete guy, Pete, I can't say his last name. The, the one, the Democrat leader, Pete Buttigieg.
1: Sure. I'll go so basically, it with Iowa caucus thing. Yes,
0: and everyone thought Biden or Bernie were going to win it by far. They didn't even. This guy just like killed it. He may and did he win? He won. Because
1: yeah, I remember it was delayed, wasn't it? The result was, was delayed. delayed.
0: He, yeah. He right. Mayor he's. It's interesting because he's. He's got a lot that he's the first potentially gay.
1: Oh he's wow. Gay,
0: ex-military.
1: Interesting. Interesting combination.
0: not never been in Congress. He's been a mayor. He was a mm. mayor. He's never been in like Congress or the Senate. So he's a very different take to what America is. It's a wow. very interesting one. And I, I can see why he's won, because this Iowa caucus is very, like the most left wing, or like mm. the most like, pre- like, stereotypically like progressive liberal view, is this like this Iowa caucus. So I can see why he's won, but it, last time this happened, where like the person who wasn't the front runner had it, was Obama, because he was not the front runner mm. when he ran.
2: Mm.
0: He won the Iowa caucus and everyone started to support him after. So this could be a new wave of this guy
1: because mm, isn't it normally since like yeah the nineteen I wanna say nineteen late nineteen eighties that whoever had wins this caucus then normally goes on to it's win. It's more the
0: second ones because there's a thing called like Super Tuesday, which mm. is where all the states do it at once. Mm. That whenever that sounds happens, so fun. <laughs> that would be what it is. <laughs> right. Now we all know much. Okay. That's like when Hillary won it and that's when Bernie mm. yeah, died out of we we'll see what happens
1: here. We've seen Nancy
0: Pelosi ripping up the speech. Yes, that was amazing. That, that was savage. That
1: was. I don't know how she, like, she was just angry, wasn't she? Regardless
0: of your political views, that was incredible. Yeah, like, I mean, she just looked at. She was like looking at him as well. I was like, what? So what did he do? Did he make fun of her
1: or something? I'm, am re- really not sure. I, I, I was hoping you were going to explain it because I saw it on, I think, on social media to like talk about. I
0: think it was about the impeachment. It was about the impeachment because
1: mm. he said like because he's not impeached. Yes, there's thing. also news yeah, <laughs> we've he's not mentioned. Me. Everyone, he's
0: not Trump's still was here, was guys. That new? Is, that really new? Like, is No, anyone's... it'd be news
1: if he it wasn't. New. Not shocked, but disappointed. Still disappointed. Yeah. Though know. we are neutral. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the technically, we're actually a podcast now, that so is true. we're off. This. We're off the broadcast.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's uh. Yeah, I've, I've got the one, two here. Final two things. Nice, bad one, and a nice one. Okay. Well, not nice, like ish one. Just which one you're. Bad one on. first. We'll and end on a high. Derek McKay was a Scottish financial, uh, Eco- economic minister.
1: Household has, name, obviously. Yeah.
0: Has had to resign because he messaged the 16-year-old boy 270 times. And right. He's called the act foolish. So he is number three on Each 270, Each
1: 270 messages 270. were very foolish. <laughs>
0: no, 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 not 270
1: messages. He's 270 times he started. Oh, like, right. <laughs> I mean, I'm speechless.
0: 270. <laughs> so that's, wow. That's the bad one. But now we're going to talk about the KFC Pizza Hut thing. Have
1: oh, the gravy. The yes, I have. Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, I know that obviously there's not a McDonald's, but... Maybe surely we can get a bus somewhere.
0: Well, we can work for it. Because I,
1: I have gra- I gravy, cheese chips, and gravy are just Incredible. the dream. So and then now the thought of having it on pizza, it's like, what could be better? Well, one
0: tweet I saw about this was the moment we've left the EU, we've declared war on Italy. Yeah. We are destroying culture. We're destroying <laughs> culture. <laughs> we
1: just out of We're just going to keep going. Yeah.
5: But anyway, yeah, that's the funny news. I actually a light note
1: for one. Yeah, time. there uh, we that's go. A, that's not bad for me. So the main takeaway from today's news feed is Trump's still here, but we've got gravy on pizza. Is that, is that the line? That's a, that's, a that's, that's a win. That's a win. Okay, so that's all from the news feed show this evening. And if you can't get enough of the Purple Radio News team, watch out for Jack Parker's discussion podcast, Seven Days with the latest political interviews on campus. Both Jack's podcast and the Newsfeed show will be uploaded every week on Spotify and Apple Music to be immortalized forever on the internet. So just search for our Purple Radio News Team. And if that's not enough, you can also head over to the Purple Radio Facebook page for updates on the team's latest investigations and video content. That's all from us tonight. I'm Natasha Livingstone. Thanks for listening.
0: This is Newsfeed on Purple Radio.